All right, we are back. Big thanks again to Cassie Ulrich, goalkeeper's coach from Minnesota Aurora FC, for starting us off with a little post-Aurora as we broke down Minnesota Aurora's USLW League playoff loss, but more importantly, reacted and reflected on an amazing first season for Aurora uh, in the USLW League. Obviously, their impact on Minnesota soccer as a whole um, and, and the women's soccer game in general, nationwide, worldwide. Um, has been felt and has been well-earned. So big congrats to Aurora on an amazing first season. But now it is time to get into the Minnesota United conversation. Not only was there a USLW League final last night, there was also a road match for the Loons at Houston Dynamo. Um, and this team came in pretty depleted. Um, in addition to Kervin Ariaga's absence, Will Trapp's absence, you also lose Ja'Cory Hayes for the season. Um, he uh, got hurt um, and had to get surgery, uh, broken tibia and fibula um, in the Everton friendly. So he is out for the year, had to get surgery. So obviously best of luck to him. We're wishing him the best. But that leaves the defensive midfield even more depleted than it already was. You're down your two starters. Now you're down one of your only depth pieces. So that forced Adrian Heath to have to make a major switch last night in his lineup where he went from the 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3 with Robin Ludd at the, uh, you call it a cam or a central defensive mid, whatever you want to call that, that role, that real central midfield role. Robin Ludd was there. He was flanked by Joseph Rosales and a debuting Nabi Kibanguchi making his uh, Minnesota United debut on the first team. So it was awesome to see him get in the game. And also, um, you know, he actually made a pretty big impact over the course of the match too. But obviously Adrian Heath having to do some mixing and matching, having to try to put those puzzle pieces together when you're losing not only your your defensive midfielders, but you're also without Emmanuel Reynoso, your leading goal scorer, your talisman, your your big impact player, the, the straw that stirs the drink for Minnesota is also out. Um, and as of right now, he's day-to-day. Um, obviously you know, came limping off in the Everton friendly didn't look bad at the time. And maybe it is continuing to be a precautionary measure um, to make sure that he is 100% when you bring him back. And I don't blame Adrian Heath or the coaching staff for that, if that is the case, but either way you're without Reynoso, you're without basically your entire defensive midfield. So you have to make that switch to the four, three, three. And for the time in a long time, it actually ended up working out. And Minnesota United got three points out of that formation. It's a two-to-one win for the Loons over Houston. Now, if you're watching on the stream and you want to get involved, feel free to leave a question or comment in the chat. We'd love to respond to those as we get rolling here. Also, if you're watching, and that's over if you're watching on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave that question or comment. You can go ahead and give us a thumbs up. You can go ahead and tap that bell to be notified whenever we drop a new episode, a new podcast, a new video. Um, you'll get notified of that. Also. Um, if you're watching on Twitter and you want to get involved in the conversation, you're going to have to go over to our YouTube channel. So if you're watching on Twitter and you want to leave that question or comment, just go to youtube.com, search post loons, search soda soccer, and you will be right there. And your question or comment will be read on the stream tonight. One day after Minnesota United's two to one win, their fourth straight MLS win, the first time in their MLS history that they have won four straight league matches. Also the first time that they have gotten, uh, I believe it's 16 points in a six-match span. It's their highest point total ever in a six-match span 
for Minnesota. So all good things there. And as you guys are trickling back into the stream here, as you guys are sort of uh, sharing those questions and comments and those thoughts, I'm going to get into my three things, my three biggest takeaways from that Minnesota United match last night. Um, and my first thing is Bongi breakthrough. It happened, ladies and gentlemen. He is on the board. The South African Bangakuli Kalangwane buries one in the back of the net. And it was a big one, too. It put Minnesota United up 2-0 in the second half. And that was an insurance goal that they would need, as uh, obviously they would concede late, but still end up winning 2-1. But not only was it a big goal, it was an absolutely beautiful goal. As Hansen finds Kalangwane on the right, um, he just cuts to his left inside the box. And he gets that space, great 1v1 play here by Bongi to sort of create that space and get that angle. And he fires just an absolute scorcher of a left footer, buries it in the back of the net. Nothing goalkeeper Steve Clark could do about it. And he is on the board for Minnesota. Um, you know, it's it's almost too bad that it wasn't at home because obviously the reaction in Houston wasn't nearly the same as the reaction that goal would get at Allianz Field. But the reaction on Twitter, uh, was very, very um, just full of excitement. Everybody happy that Bongi's on the board. I'm excited that Bongi's on the board. It finally happened. It's beautiful to see. And hopefully that snowball starts rolling in the right direction. Because before this, Hongwane had done everything but put the ball in the back of the net. He had put himself in position after position after position to score goals. And whether it's a, a header off the line by a defender, whether it's uh, you know just a, a great save, whether it's hitting the post or the crossbar, it just seemed like he was snake bit a little bit in his effort to get that goal and get that first goal and sort of um, you know break that streak, so to speak. And he finally gets it against Houston in a big spot in the second half to double Minnesota United's lead. Just amazing to see for Hlongwani, a guy who's just been working his butt off, really earning that right wing spot with Robin Lud being uh, sort of uh, moved to the defensive midfield or the attacking midfield, as we saw uh, last night. So. Just just excellent work um, from Bongi. And that really changed the momentum of the match, too. Um, they, they would need that cushion to get all three points and really kind of gave them continued momentum after an otherwise pretty meh first half. Um, my second thing, Debasi, man of the match. In the first half, Houston was getting through the midfield with relative ease, um, obtaining meaningful possession with relative ease, um, converting that into goals was a different story, though. And you could credit that to the back line, and specifically that interior back line. I've been very openly critical about this center back pairing this season for Minnesota United. Um, obviously, by tenure and by you know performance over their careers, they have earned those spots, Debasi and Boxall. But the there have been a little we, – we've seen more cracks in that back line, specifically the central part of that back line than we've seen in years past. And I think we're finally starting to see the, the age of those center backs start to rear their head a little bit. And that's not saying that Boxall and Abbasi can't be part of Minnesota United moving forward for a long time. That just says that maybe we need to be a little bit more proactive in getting some younger pieces um, to replace Boxy and or Boxy and Abbasi as those starting in those starting roles when the time comes, because right now you really don't have anybody who can fit that spot, and that's a little bit concerning for me. But last night, Boxall was great, but Debasi 
maybe his best match of the season so far, making critical, absolutely vital interventions, um, really helping shut down those Houston attacks in the first half. Um, Houston was on the front foot early in the match. Um, and actually we're also on the front foot early in the second half as well. Um, and could have put, put up two, three, four goals. Um, but the back line was there. The back line was able to make sure that that did not happen. Here's a stat for you. Minnesota's defense blocked eight shots on the night, but that's not even the most impressive stat. A remarkable 35 clearances for Minnesota. That's insane. 35 clearances on the night for the Loons. Just uh, an excellent defensive effort. Uh, Houston had 22 total shots. Dane St. Clair just had to make three saves. Think about that. 22 shots from the Dynamo, only three saves needed for Dane St. Clair. That's a pretty darn good night from a defensive standpoint. Um, and for my money, the most impressive this back line has looked as a whole all season. Obviously, the fullbacks, DJ Taylor and uh, Kamara Lawrence have done well. But I don't know if we've really seen that cumulative, impressive effort from the entire back line. But they put it together last night. It's actually the second match in a row where they've looked pretty good, in my opinion. Uh, second league match in a row, I should say. So excellent work by the Minnesota United back line. Um, my third thing on the game tonight is finding a way. Great teams find a way in all sports. Find a way to win and get those results even when the odds are stacked against them. And that's something that we really haven't seen from Minnesota United too much. Usually when they'll when the chips are down and you say, okay, yeah, we're just looking to get a draw tonight, usually they get that draw, which isn't bad. But this is one of those matches where even though Houston is, I believe, 12th in the West right now, you're losing, you're, you're missing Reynoso, you're missing arguably your entire defensive midfield aside from a couple pieces. Um, it, it was really looking like, okay, if we can just get out of Houston with a draw and get a result and at least keep moving in the right direction, um, that'll be a sufficient result. We'll be happy, right? But to go into Houston, depleted like that, on the road, and find a way to get three points out of that, get a win, get a dub, move yourself into third in the Western Conference, that shows some grit. I don't know if grit is a characteristic you could say this Minnesota United team has had in years past, at least from an MLS standpoint. But last night's win, and this is, you know, it's a buzzword. It's, you know, it's not exactly, you know, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's a word that's wide, wide, widely used and maybe overused. But this was a gritty win for Minnesota United. This showed some um, some high character from Minnesota. I think you could also give a lot of credit to Adrian Heath for navigating this as well. Obviously he gets his fair share of criticism on social media. And I'm not saying that criticism is unwarranted at times, but if you're going to criticize the guy, you also have to credit him when he makes a decision that leads to that directly leads to a team's performance. And I thought the way he put that roster together, considering the absences, switching formations, 
putting wood at the cam or the, the central defense midfield, whatever you want to call it. I thought he put, he, he pressed the right buttons. He absolutely pressed the right buttons with his roster constr- and his lineup construction last night in a situation where I'm sure that was not easy to do. So he gets a lot of credit for me, but obviously credit to the players for showing that grit, for showing that character and finding a way to get all three points. Like I said, this is the first time that Minnesota United has won four consecutive MLS matches. We're finally seeing some long-term consistency with this team. And that is also a characteristic that we have not seen from this team. Usually this team has shown brilliance in flashes. They'll win three matches in a row. Then they'll lose two matches in a row. Then they'll get a handful of draws. And it's just, it's this roller coaster, it seems, every year. But they have those, they have enough of those flashes of brilliance that they get up into an advantageous position in the table. They end up making the playoffs. But as far as consistency goes, we haven't seen it stay here. It's usually been like this. But since the international break, since that Miami match, which was now, what, over a month ago, I believe? We're back to here. We're here. We've been here the whole month of July. Win, 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 win. If you want to count the Everton friendly, another win. Consistent results. Consistent, impressive performances. Consistent matches where you are you are left thinking, Man, they, they, that was that was good. That was they they put it together. Or last night, man, you know, everything was against them. They were on the back foot for a lot of it. They absorbed a lot of pressure, but they found a way to get it done. This has been impressive. This run for Minnesota, not only just the fact that they have won this many matches in a row, but they've shown a consistent performance. Different guys are contributing. They're putting the ball in the back of the net consistently. It's awesome to see. And I think it's something that Minnesota United fans have sort of been clamoring for and is asking for some consistency and they're finally getting it. And it comes in the, in the, um, in the way of four straight wins. That's amazing. Uh, We get it. We finally got a uh, question in the chat here from Matt Garrett says, I didn't watch the match. How is Nobby? Um, Nobby was all right. Look, Nabi had not been impressive in, uh, in, or reportedly had not been impressive in training. Um, during the stints he's gotten with the second team and, and in friendlies, he hasn't really looked good either. Um, so that was the big question. How is Nabi going to play? Minnesota United played in a way where they didn't really need him to step up and play this, this, this great role in that, in that midfield. Like I said, a lot of this win is due to is credit to the back line, which means that Houston was pretty much able to have their way in the midfield. But when, it, when I look at Nobby's performance, and it was something I was paying attention to when I was watching the match back today, um, I didn't really see anything that stood out in a negative sense either. He didn't necessarily do anything that wowed me, like, wow, that was that was a great sequence by Nobby. Didn't have any of that, but he also, I don't, I don't think he was a liability on the pitch either. And I think when you're talking about what you wanted from Nabi Kimanguchi last night, you just wanted him to not lose the match for you. Basically you want You wanted him to have a consistent, okay performance. Um, and that's what, that's what he put together. He had an okay performance. It was good enough. It was, 
good enough. Um, if you want to be like Matt and drop a question or comment in the chat, feel free to do so. But as you're doing that, I am going to give a major do shout out to our friends over at Pence Homes. Um, if you follow Nate Pence on Twitter, you saw how crazy he was going during the Aurora match last night. Um, and, and he's also just a, a huge supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole. He's a Minnesota United supporter. He has supported Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora, um, our friends over at Equal Time Soccer who do an awesome job at covering the women's game. Their Aurora coverage this season was absolutely awesome. But to get back to Pence Holmes, um, Nate and his team, if you're buying or selling in the, in the St. Paul and Minneapolis area, they're the team you should go with to help you get that done. The market, you, you can tell it's crazy. It's fluctuating. Some people say it's going to crash. Some people say it's going to keep going up. Nate knows. Okay. Do not listen to these people you're seeing on, on Twitter who aren't Nate Pence. Nate knows how to navigate this market and how things are going to go and the trends that are actually happening. And he can help you get top dollar for your house and also help you get into a new house at an affordable rate as well. So whether you just like regular houses or you like BLM gay houses, uh, Nate Pence and his team at Pence Homes are the ones you should go with in St. Paul and Minneapolis. So if you're in those areas and you're looking to buy or sell or both, make sure you go to PenceHomes.com or email Nate directly. His name, Nate, N-A-T-E, at the URL right there, PenceHomes.com. I know how meteorologists feel now because I'm seeing myself in reverse. So like this is what they do when they're pointing at the, the storm systems and such. I kind of, I kind of, Getting my meteorologist on right now. I'm doing the pointing here. But anyways, um, the the point is, if you want to uh, contact Pence Homes, it's free to have that conversation. So why not do it? PenceHomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com, or email Nate directly, N-A-T-E at PenceHomes.com. Cannot thank our friends over at Pence Homes enough for supporting what we're doing here. SodaSoccer.com and the Post Loons Minnesota United post game show coming at you a day late tonight. Now we're going to get into the match moments and they're, you know, I don't have a ton on here, but just some of the big moments from the match. So obviously in the early going, it was all Houston early on. They had a lion's share of the possession. They were cutting through the midfield. They were getting into really good attacking situations. And that's where the back line came into play. If the back line didn't have the performance that they had, um, we might've been looking at two nil or, you know, two or three goals for Houston at halftime. But Due to the performance of the back line, due to the defensive effort that they were, they were able to put in, um, we saw uh, Minnesota United actually out in front at the end of the first half. But how they got in front in the first half was a beautiful goal from Franco Fragapane, um, and that's in first half stoppage time. And this was a huge momentum shift for Minnesota after that lethargic first half hour. Um, paid off just before the halftime whistle. They found their footing at about the 30, 35 minute mark. You could tell they were starting to turn things around a little bit, not be so much on the back foot, not be so much on their heels. Um, and it pays off here in first half stoppage. Bongi navigates through some tight space in the middle. Fragapane times his run perfectly, getting in behind the Houston defense and Bongi puts the pass on the dime. Um, Steve Clark is actually coming out for this one, but Franco does well to avert the, the goalkeeper and tuck away the empty netter to put the loons ahead at the break to score in first half stoppage is such a huge momentum changer. Minnesota United has been on the opposite side of that coin many a time. And you can tell, and believe me, we do the, we do the gift party at halftime, every single match. We know what the gifts are going to look like when they concede in first half stoppage. Uh, but scoring in first half stoppage absolutely changes the whole momentum. 
and uh, and puts things in Minnesota United's favor, despite being on the back foot for basically the entirety of the first half leading up to that point. Um, early in the second half, Dane St. Clair comes up huge with a big save in the 49th. Um, it was Houston substitute striker Sebastian Ferrer who got the effort. Um, and Houston was back out on the front foot at the beginning of the second half. But that didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily last as long um, in the second half as it did in the first. Um, Minnesota United was able to sort of even that tide a little bit after that Dane St. Clair save in the 49th. And then the 72nd, this is where we get the lead doubler, courtesy of one Bangi Klongwane. As I mentioned, Hansen gets all the space he wants approaching the box. Not sure what Houston was doing in the midfield, but just acres of space for Hansen to work with here. Slides a nice pass of Klongwane inside the 18 on the right. Bangi makes a move to his left and lets a bullet fly, finds the back of the net. It's a South African's first goal as a loon, but more importantly, the goal gave Minnesota a two-goal advantage late on. And that's a two-goal advantage they would need to lock in the win because in the 85th, Houston gets on the board. Viva Fafa Pico, uh, he brings the Dynamo within a goal with a nice Mangi-esque strike, another bullet, nothing DSC could do. But in the end, the Loons were able to lock it down after giving up that first goal. They didn't give up an equalizer, 2-1 the final. And all in all, just a really, really good effort from the Loons, despite um, the all the factors working against them. You're on the road. You are down your best player. You're down many a defensive midfielder. But it doesn't matter. You find a way to get the job done. You find a way to get the three points. Just an excellent, excellent effort from the Loons. So now we move on here. Actually, let's get into the stats before we look at what's on tap. The stats are pretty interesting because they are, I mean, they're, they're indicative of what happened over the course of the match. Houston dominated possession, 73% to the Loons, 27%. That is that is a vast possession difference. 27% possession for Minnesota United. And it, and it looked every bit of that during the match. It looks like Houston had the ball basically the entire time, but you know, in soccer, it's not how long you have the ball. It's what you do when the ball is at your feet. And Minnesota United took their chances and took their opportunities. So credit to them for it. Dynamo also had 22 total shots, four on target. Loons ended up with nine shots and three on frame. Uh, Minnesota's defense, as I mentioned, blocked eight shots on the night and notched a remarkable 35 clearances. DSC, three saves. Think about that. Dynamo, 22 shots. Dane St. Clair, three saves. 35 clearances for the back line. Insane. Um, and then that XG, Houston did have a 1.53 XG to Minnesota's 1.3, but it is Minnesota who comes away with the two to one victory. More questions and comments coming in the chat. Matt says, I thought the finish by Fragapani was really class. Cheeky move to beat the keeper and then quick timing to get it in the net. Yeah. I mean, look, it, credit to the pass by Bongi, but this is also, um, this is also, a, I think a move that Fragapani doesn't make. A month ago, two months ago, early in the season. Um, this this sequence from Fragapani was indicative of the confidence that he has gained over this last stretch. Fragapani was not a guy playing with confidence um, in the early portion of the season. And you saw how Minnesota United's attack struggled for it. The defense could key in on Reynoso. And, and when defenses can fully focus their attention on Reynoso, knowing that not a lot of the other attacking options can hurt him. Um, that's where Reynoso kind of gets uh, – th that's where they're able to make Reynoso ineffective. But when you have a Franco Fragapani, who is just a terror on the left-hand side, 
um, it, it changes things for his confidence. And you see that payoff even in a match where Reynoso's out, he can sort of take the reins and make things happen. Great pass by Bongi, but also a great alert move by Fragapane. Really class, as you mentioned, Matt, to uh, uh, evade an oncoming keeper. And once you do that, you're it's an empty netter. If you think of it as, as a hockey analogy, it's an absolute empty netter. Franco buries it for that initial goal. Um, that did so much for this team after being on the back foot for a majority of the first half. So, Matt, that is a great shout on the Franco goal. Um, yeah, just excellent, excellent work by the Loons to get those three points despite everything working against them. Um, we're going to look at what's on tap here in a second. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis is where you can find them. Um, they were out once again at the Minnesota Aurora USLW League final last night, handing out those cold drinks. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to see them out on the town and the Minnesota soccer community a little bit more this summer. But if uh, if you want to just go check them out and see what 9th Street's all about, I highly recommend you do so. You don't even have to be a soccer player either. Or somebody's interested in playing soccer. If you are, that's great because they have affordable pickup all week long. Um, just check out the times at 9thStreetMPLS.com. But if you're not, you're just somebody who's interested in soccer, you want to kind of be in that soccer environment, head over to Night Street. They're open every day. You can maybe, if you're a, the work-from-home type who can afford to work from a coffee shop, make Night Street your coffee shop that you work out. They have um, soccer on the TVs all the time when there's soccer on. Um, they had watch they're going to continue to have watch parties from Minnesota United during uh, certain road matches throughout the season. Um, they've had Minneapolis City watch parties. They've had, you know, they've they've been heavily involved uh, with Minnesota Aurora being on site with a tent at TCO Stadium, handing out those cold drinks pretty much all season long. Um, they're just somebody who really cares about the Minnesota soccer community like we do here at Soda Soccer. Um, so if you are also in that Minnesota soccer community and you care about it as well, consider supporting our friends over at Ninth Street. Just head over to visit them, 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis, or just check them out online, NinthStreetMPLS.com. You can see there. It's N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S dot com. I'm getting better at the pointing. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram at 9th Street MPLS, 9th and Street spelled out, just like you see it in the URL. Big thanks to 9th Street Soccer and Coffee for supporting what we're doing here at Soda Soccer and the Post Loons Post Game Show. 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis or online at 9th Street MPLS dot com. I know we've done things a little bit differently tonight, guys, so I appreciate the interaction and the viewership. Um, you know, we're, we're a day late. We also had the post-Aurora show before this, too. Um, if you're just now tuning in, um, I just want to say it once again, huge congrats to what Minnesota Aurora was able to do this season, um, you know, making it all the way to the USLW League final in their first season as a club. Um, they did fall to South Georgia Tormenta 2-1 to one in that final, but, I mean, the, the, the club and the organization has nothing to hang their hat about or, you know, hang their head about. Um, an incredible season, incredible cup final, um, big thanks to goalkeepers coach Cassie Ulrich for joining us on the super show a little bit earlier. Um, just, uh, yes, it's, it's been a great summer for Minnesota soccer. And yesterday was just a great night for Minnesota soccer. Even with the, the Minnesota Aurora loss, the atmosphere at TCO was incredible. It was an amazing match. And outside of that, you also get a loons win out of it too. Um, just, uh, just a really, really cool time to be involved in the Minnesota soccer soccer scene. And we appreciate all the support that uh, that we're getting over at Soda Soccer um, with our post-game shows and our podcasts and our, our, our content on the website. It really means a lot to have your guys' support. So 
thank you guys so much for doing that and for for showing up to a day late podcast, kind of a, a combined podcast again tonight as well. So what's on tap for Minnesota United as we move forward here? Well, next up, they get the week off, and then they'll be hosting Portland at Allianz Field for a Saturday matinee this coming Saturday, the 30th. Timbers are on a bit of a run themselves. They haven't lost since prior to the international break, and we talked about how the Loons have 14 goals in these last six matches. Portland has 13 in their last six matches. So they're finding a way to get the ball in the back of the net and on a good run of form as well. They beat San Jose 2-1 to yesterday. So not going to be easy for Minnesota, but you're back at home. And Minnesota's on one of those runs right now where if they're at Allianz Field in front of the Wonderwall, you would, you would pick them against anyone right now with the way that they're playing. They're third in the West. They've earned that spot with their run of play. Um, and it's not just third, you know, with games, other teams having games in hand. This is a legitimate third on points and points per game. So they are, they're on a good run. So is Portland. Uh, hopefully it's a, it's a really good match on Saturday. I will not be able to watch. Unfortunately, um, it's been a long time since I haven't been able to watch two straight loons matches live. Obviously I was out at TCO for the Aurora USLW league final last night. Um, on Saturday, I am going to a wedding with the wife. So, um, it's our first wedding as a married couple, too. So I'm pretty excited about that. But um, Jacob Schneider, John Marthaler, um, you know, the, the Loons team at Soda Soccer will have you covered. And then we'll do probably another day after post Loons post game show um, on Sunday evening next week. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but that will do it for this edition of Post Loons and Post Aurora. This has been our first ever Soda Soccer Super Show. I really appreciate everybody who has tuned in. Uh, huge, huge thank you to Minnesota Aurora goalkeepers coach Cassie Ulrich for joining us a little bit earlier. She was amazing. Um, huge congrats to her and the Minnesota Aurora team once again on an amazing first season. And huge congrats to Minnesota United on that 2-1 to win last night. Hopefully they can keep it going uh, on Saturday against the Timbers. Thank you guys again so much. One more comment. Who is it from? Is it Matt? Matt. He says good stuff. Thanks. Thank you, Matt, for joining. And, uh, and watching and contributing. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the interaction, all the viewership, guys. Thank you so much. If you haven't checked us out at Soda, Soda, words, sodasoccer.com, S-O-T-A soccer.com, please do so. Your new home for soccer coverage in the North, Minnesota United, Minnesota Aurora, Minneapolis City, um, you know, everything going on in the NPSL, the UPSL, community soccer scene. We got it covered there at sodasoccer.com. And also, if, you, if you're liking the content, and you want to support what we're doing, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash sodasoccer. You can support our work for as low as $3. So um, please consider doing that if you want to support what we're doing. It would be very much appreciated. And we'll be back for another edition of the 10,000 Pitches podcast this week and another edition of Post Loons, probably coming away a day after again next Sunday following Minnesota United Saturday matinee with the Portland Timbers. Have a great week, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk next weekend at some point. Enjoy it. And thanks again. Bye-bye.